Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Globe Podcast, delivered by World Football Index. I'm Frank Ravello. Uh, I can normally be heard on WFI as the host of Syria Sit Down and uh, glad to be hosting this edition of the Globe. Uh, I have with me a guest who is the co-founder of AC Milan Brothers. Uh, he's the social media director and writer uh, for Gentleman Ultra. Uh, he also writes for Football Italia, These Footy Times, and has also had his work published on The Guardian and AS Roma English. We say ciao to Matthew Santangelo. Matthew, how are you? Ciao, guys. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem. Pleasure to have you on. And, uh, you know, I was uh, going about my Thursday and minding my business and then some news breaks and I get roped into doing a podcast with you. How about that, right? So, yeah, same. I actually stopped by the side of the road and because uh, I knew the uh, the announcement was coming. Yo, uh, of course, you guys know the name of uh, the, the person. Sure enough, I saw the news and uh, yeah, that's, you know, where I started taking offers and fielding offers to speak on the, on the matter. And for all of you that were not on social media or the internet or were following sport channels on your TV or just in general living under a rock, it, this is about Gianluigi Donnarumma, the wonder kid goalkeeper for AC Milan. And we just wonder how much longer we're going to say he's the goalkeeper for AC Milan because he was presented with a very attractive contract extension as part of this aggressive project of sporting director Max Mirabelli and CEO Marco Fassoni, and of course, funded by Young Hong Lee and Rossoneri Sport Luxembourg, a very attractive contract, not only for an 18-year-old, but for a goalkeeper in general, as far as world football is concerned. He has chosen not to sign that renewal or extension or whatever you want to call it. So Matt, let's get to the brass tacks here. What happened and where did this break down? Ooh, where, where do I begin? Um, I think the breakdown you know, happened, you know, it's, it was kind of extended over a period of time. So let's go back to last, last summer. Okay. So obviously Milan wanted to sit down with, uh, with uh, Donnarumma and Raiola and come to an agreement and reach an agreement on his extension to stay with the club. But uh, of course, Raiola had his concerns with the legitimacy of the new owners. So he kind of put it off and you know, kind of let them go into the season, see how they do. And then we'll revisit. Obviously during the season, you know, he Donnarumma was doing all his, his theatrics and these incredible saves and, Everyone was kind of saying, okay, but we have to make sure we lock this guy up. He's, he's special. He's a paramount to this project. They got to make sure that he's signed long term. Otherwise, it's, it's going to hurt. The past few weeks have been just kind of you know brutal in the sense that Milan fans really didn't know where this was going to go. They didn't know. Yes, they had optimism that he'd resign, but at what cost? At what cost to Raiola? You know, the legacy of Donnarumma would it be tarnished? Would fan, the fan base turn on him? There were these different things that came in. And as it dragged on, you can cut, and of course, Donnarumma remained silent on the matter. He kind of got this sense that hold it, you know, maybe he's not gonna, maybe he's not gonna sign after all. And sure enough, we got that answer today that Donnarumma will not be renewing with Milan past June 2018. So there's plenty of things we can touch upon where the broke down happened, but I think that's kind of the general gist of what happened with, uh, you know, the entire situation. One of the things that stuck out uh, to me in, in some of the things that I read in terms of the breakdown, the, the agent, Mino Raiola, and we, we know him from his dealings with Paul Pogba, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, uh, Mario Balotelli, uh, among many others. He, in fact, has a couple of other Milan players that Abate he represents. Exactly. So one of the things that stuck out to me is it sounded like Raiola was being a stickler for a release clause. Uh, in the contract extension. Fasoni and Mirabelli were serious about a long-term deal for Donnarumma, and it didn't sound like they were interested in providing a release clause for the contract. Now, were Fasoni and Mirabelli right in, in refusing that release clause? 
And how much of this is Raiola wanting the release clause so that he could have a little extra money for himself should Milan sell Donnarumma? I mean, I think we're kind of in that release clause era in football where you know, anytime a player signs a long-term extension, there's always like some sort of release clause in there to pretty much for, as an insurance to, for the club in the event that someone comes and activates it. That's what we, of course, we saw with, you know, we saw, obviously we saw Roma kind of get burned in a sense last summer when uh, Juventus came knocking and pretty much paid 30 million to 35 million euro for Pjanic and mm-hmm. they plucked one of their pretty much Roma's best player. And then of course they went to Napoli and they said, we want your best player too. And they did it for uh Gonzalo Higuain for 90 million euros. So for me, as a Milan fan, looking at this entire situation, I wouldn't have had any issues with the release clause just for the simple fact that I knew who we were dealing with. Everyone knew who we were dealing with. It was a Raiola client. There's always a chance that he's going to get sold and you know he's going to get pawned off to another team where he's going to make X amount of money. And then, of course, Raiola's hands were going to get greased along the way. So I was, in that sense, I wasn't too concerned. I was like, okay, you include maybe a 60, 70 million euro release clause. If someone comes and activates it, at least you get that good return. But the thing that kind of confused me is that we really didn't know what type of release clause they were asking and if it was even sufficient for Donnarumma's value. I don't know. As those things started started coming up into the negotiation process and Raiola started pretty much having a little bit of a beef with Mirabelli, I kind of got this, this, this you know scary sense in my mind that it's getting ugly and it's getting ugly quick to the point where, you know, there's a good chance that he's not going to renew just because it looks like there's being there's bridges being burned. And that's certainly what we saw here. Uh, it's tough to say. I mean, listen, for, you know, when you're on the t- topic of release clauses, just know that and, and negotiations with Raiola, just know that Raiola earned something around 20 million euro last summer in the sale and brokering the sale of Paul Pogba to Manchester United. With some of that money, he actually bought Al Capone's villa in Miami. So you can kind of get a sense of how much money this guy makes with some of these deals. And I think, obviously, of course, yes, Donnarumma has the brain. He has a mouth to make the decision himself. That certainly is always playing a part in, uh, you know, when you're dealing with a client of his. And that's kind of, you know, the kind of sense that I get from this. At least, of course, we should learn a couple more things in the you know, next week or so. This is not the last we're hearing of the situation. So I think it's going to be, you know, going to keep going on. How strange is this to you that it was a meeting of Raiola, Fasoni and Mirabelli. And I, I, I've got to think if Yong Hong Lee himself wasn't in that meeting, a representative of his, Han Lee, or someone in that office was sitting in on that meeting. How strange is it to you that Donnarumma himself as the player wasn't in on that meeting? A part of me would have liked to have Donnarumma be a little bit more involved and literally be a little bit more vocal and at least come out and give Milan fans some sort of closure with this decision just because it was such an important factor in you know, what Milan are trying to do moving forward. But at the same time, how often do we see players come out and say, oh yeah, I'm staying or I'm going or I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Not to mention when you're represented by Raiola, obviously, you know, Raiola is one of the guys, he acts as a scapegoat for his clients and he kind of takes the brunt of the the backlash and, you know, the, the angst and the anger and all the hate for his clients because he gets paid, you know, the big bucks to, to represent them. So a uh, part of me where people say, yeah, he should have came out, Donnarumma came out. Yes, but that's why you have an agent. Your agent's supposed to represent you. Of course, he kind of come out and said a couple of things to kind of reassure Milana where he was, what he was thinking. But at the same time, it's obviously, as you know, when you pick Raiola and you kind of know that he operates in a little bit of an unorthodox type of manner um, when it comes to negotiation contracts and transfers and everything like that. So I wasn't too shocked that he wasn't there, to be honest. I just got that sense that the announcement was supposed to come, according to reports, you know, the, you know, the, the reports out of Italy, the, between the 12th and the 13th, which would have been earlier in the week before Donnarumma went to Poland for the Euros. 
as they kind of dragged on, you got this sense that Raul was going to be there and just pretty much say he's not renewing and then let Donnarumma just go out and do his thing at the Euros. So it's gotten ugly to the, to, to the point of no repair at this point, if, if I'm being honest. Let me follow up on this. As effective as Fasone and Mirabelli have been here with Milan, is this a bit of a misstep on their part? And there was talk about a deadline for Donnarumma to you know, sign this renewal or sign this extension. One of the things that I tried to tout out there on Twitter was that you know maybe he's not doing this because he's on national team duty. Players have made a habit in the past of focusing on national team duty and any club responsibilities are just set aside until they're, they're complete with you know, what they're doing with their national team. A little bit of a misstep here by Fasoni and Mirabelli if, if they really did impose a deadline for this. To do so while Donnarumma was going to be training with the Italian national team in Poland and not going to be available to even sit down and discuss this renewal. I'm not too sure, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know. It's, again, it's a little bit of a different situation. It's tough for me to compare it to anything else that has gone down with Raiola in the past and some of his clients. Like, for example, you know, the entire saga dragged out so much last summer with Paul Pogba, the kind of the sublimation messages and all these little hints that he was going to United, that he was staying at Juve and all these different things. And we ultimately didn't get his decision until after the world, after the, uh, the Euro. Part of me would have been okay in saying, let's wait till the, the Euros are done. And, you know, the, he's, that's kind of behind him. And then, you know, they can address it before, you know, July and before, the, you know, the preseason and they had the Europa League qualifiers and everything like that. Obviously, we know that Montella wants to have his team, you know, kind of assembled by July. So I think that also played into it as well, because by the time the Euros is up, you really only have a couple of weeks to, you know, to kind of, you know, iron this out. And I think Milan wanted an answer one way or the other. This way they have that time to get that replacement or kind of have an understanding. This one's this one's a situation that I haven't seen anything like in my, you know, in my viewing of of, of, of the football game, of, of football and everything like that. So it's tough for me to really compare it to anything. I don't know, man. I guess we'll have to see what happens after the Euro and go from there. But I think it's going to, obviously, the, the fire's still burning. And you can see that from uh, the reaction on Twitter, of course, with uh, the Rossoneri fan base. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that fanfare here a little bit. And let's touch on it a little because I think You've bounced through some podcasts where you've where you've probably dealt with a lot of emotions and things like that. So I don't want to totally ignore fan reaction, but I also don't want to make this totally about the fan reaction. But we're talking about an 18-year-old kid who, after the Juventus match, said what he said and said he wants to wear this shirt for years and years and years. And now all of a sudden this happens. Are the fans, should they be angry with Donnarumma? Should they be angry with Rayola? Should be they, they be channeling their anger at both of them. Should some of this shift to Fasoni or Mirabelli in this? Where is Milan Twitter and, and Milan social media on this? And, and, and is it justified? I think there's really, you clearly can't put much blame, if any, on Mirabelli and Fasone. I mean, okay, you know, yeah, me- just keep in mind, because, you know, they just, what has it been since April that the, the official sale of the club went down? It's one thing if they took over last year, they had some time to kind of maybe talk to him during the season to kind of get a feel of what he was, what he was thinking. And, you know, they really, in, in, a, in, a, in a sense, they really only had, a, you know, a couple weeks here to really kind of get an idea of what was going to happen with Donnarumma. You know, the season ended. Of course, you really don't talk about contract renewals during the season that, or that, that often. Obviously, with the exception of Jack Bonaventura, who renewed this past season, but I can't put many any any of the blame on Mirabelli and Fasone. They tabled a fantastic offer to, to the kid, five years, you know, according to Sky, um, five years and five million euro per year, which would have made him the third highest paid goalkeeper in Europe, behind Manuel Neuer, a World Cup winner, and David De Gea, 
from Manchester United and would be getting one million more euro per, uh, euros per year over Gianluigi Buffon. So what more could you have done at that point? It, I, to me, looking at the entire situation, it wasn't a, an economical you know, factor here. I think it was something where, you know, he, he his heart set on going somewhere else and not committing to this team. I don't know. It's kind of weird, though, because you don't know why that would come about now. Last year, understandable, because you don't know what the club's direction is with the new owners. Are they going to be competitive? Are they going to compete for top honors? Are they going to have a competitive squad? But they have, they're, they're clearly showing their intent to build something special and to get back to the promised land. They're giving him the money he wants. They're giving him a top defense to kind of help him out. So at this point, you're kind of saying it's kind of up to Juju. It's like we're giving you the kitchen sink. It's your choice. I mean, there's nothing more we can do to convince you that we're legitimate. To me, that's where most of the blame falls on um, Raiola and Donnarumma. But I, to me, in this situation, it's mostly on Donnarumma. I think, you know, he has... At the end of the day, he can make the decision on his own. Of course, at 18, it's you know you don't expect him to make that big of a decision on his own. He's got his family, he's got his girlfriend, he's got all these people, you know, yapping in his ear. But I don't know. I can't really put much of the blame on Fasone and, and Mirabelli as much as I can on Shadio you know, and representatives Raiola. I'm I'm with you on on Fasone and Mirabelli. I agree on that. I I, I don't think they could have done any more than they did. As far as Donnarumma. I really think this is about money. I don't think this is about new adventure because he's 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Have you even had an, have you even had a single adventure yet? You know, it's uh, right. You know, yeah. I, could, I could, I could, I could appreciate it if he's 27 years old and he's in the prime of his career and he's been explosively good for a mid table team. And, and he wants to win a trophy or win a champions league trophy or whatever. And then I could understand that. That's what exactly. we kind of saw like a similar situation with Kaká. Kyle won a bunch of trophies and a bunch of honors, the Ballon d'Or with Milan. And then he yeah. was saying, he was pretty much, you know, he wanted to set up for pastures in New Real Madrid. And the, Milan made, made that happen for him. But at least he Is left there? in a way that w- didn't drag the fan base around and lead them on. And I think that's what rubs people the wrong way. And that's what I, that's where I'm coming in on this is that I don't agree that this is a new adventure or that he wants a new adventure because this new Milan is a new adventure, you know, new ownership, new management, new, it's, it's totally fresh. You're going to have a defender, a competent defender to partner Romagnoli now, you know, you're going to have a, a, one of the most underappreciated left backs in the world on the brink of signing a very promising right back, Frank Kessie, you know. Andre Silva that they, they they robbed FC Porto for him, you know. So to it, it, I, I I'm not going to buy the new adventure thing. I'm not going to buy the try something new thing because this is new. You know, this isn't what he's had to endure the last couple of years. I, I agree. I think the I think the fans have a right to be disappointed with Donnarumma, but at the same time, and this is probably because I'm a little older. If a guy doesn't want to be, you know, I've always been of the opinion if a guy doesn't want to be here, don't waste your don't waste your time or don't waste your breath convincing him to stay. Just let him move on. Right. Get on with the next project. I'll just give you some examples. Sebastiano Rossi, Dida, mm-hmm. Christian mm-hmm. Abbiati, Jens mm-hmm. Lehmann. Hell, Zjalko Kalic. Does a good Milan really need to have a good goalkeeper? The, the thing about the Berlusconi era is that not until Donnarumma did, did Milan have a truly elite goalkeeper. 
That's the fun part of this. And they won five European Cups. Of course. I mean, you have to build a supporting cast that's that's strong enough to not put not not put your goalkeeper in a vulnerable situation. And that's what made Donnarumma so special is that he had such a dysfunctional bunch around him, with the exception of a couple players, to the point where he had a, literally every one of his saves were meant something in the chase for Europa League. Whereas you'd think now that they have, you know, pretty much an entirely revamped uh, defensive line and midfield that we you know that we're hopefully going to see you know I'm talking possibly Andrea Conti you're talking Martin Busacchio you're talking Ricardo Rodriguez and Romagnoli that's a fantastic def- that's a, one of the better defensive units in Italy and, and they haven't even played a, and they that, haven't even played a game yet <laughs> ex- exactly you you you'd assume that Donnarumma would see all would see all these pieces coming into place and be wanting to hey man we're Milan are building something special here they really want me. The fans love me. I'm in a good environment. I'm obviously close to home, close to my family. You know, I'm getting paid. You know, my, you know, among the best in the world. Let me stay here. Let me get Milan back to where they should be. And if I choose to go to another club down the road, at least let me leave in a manner that's not going to burn bridges and make the fan base hate me. And I, I think that's what's really difficult here because, you know, in modern football with modern money and all these different things. Everyone was expecting him to be, oh, he's going to stay with Milan for the rest of his life. To me, I never thought of it that way because we don't see those types of players anymore. One of the, one of the last guys we're probably ever going to see is going to retire next year, which is you know, Buffon. Of course, he spent time with Parma. But Francesco Totti, those, those, those are, they're a dying breed. You know, to expect a guy like Donnarumma and to say, I'm going to stay here until I'm 40 years old, I didn't believe it. Now that I believe he would leave so, so soon... Absolutely not. I thought he would leave maybe sometime in the middle of his career, go for a big fee to like Real Madrid and leave in an in a honorable fashion where, again, the fan base can still remember the good times, you know, maybe the, the trophies that he brought or helped bring and things like that. So it, it just came at a weird time for me. I think every, Milan did everything they possibly could to say, Gigio, we have this project for you. You're the face of it. Be the face of it. And the fact that he turned that down was just—it was just odd. And I think, again, as we see things unfold in the next couple of weeks um, with the situation, because it's definitely not over, we'll start to get an understanding of what exactly happened. So uh, it's not over yet, guys. You know, stay tuned. There's more coming with this. I love what you said about the face of that. that. That's something that I've been seeing all along with this ownership transition that I said, you know, a big priority is this is this is the closest thing that you have is, you know, to the face of the team, you know, much like Paolo Maldini was the face of Milan, you know, when Berlusconi was in his infancy as owner uh, of Milan, that, that Donnarumma had the chance to be that. And I think we yearn for that when you when you look at what, you know, Buffon did for all those years, all these years at Juventus, what Totti uh, just came off doing at Roma, that you know, Maldini at uh, Milan, Baresi at Milan, that we still yearn for that. As fans, we still yearn for that. But, you know, at the same time, we also have to brace ourselves for the fact that this is a business, that this is a much different footballing climate, that there are agents that are involved. And it's very easy for a young 18-year-old player to have a lot of people whispering into his ear, too. For me, it's a great project for him, but if he doesn't want to be here, move on. You know, Milan can move on. The club is bigger than any individual. No individual is bigger than the club type of approach. Uh, when Absolutely. Milan were great without great goalkeepers. They can be great without a great goalkeeper again. But let's talk about this because you said it's not over. And I, I, I agree it's not over. And I think that that's where the reaction can get a little bit excessive here with the fan base. Can they come back to the table? And what do you think it would take? If I'm being completely honest with you, there's no way they come back to the table. I don't think when they have this situation go this way. 
you have a guy like Raiola, very manipulative, very powerful, and very strong at what he does. And in this industry, it's definitely very difficult for me to imagine them revisiting this. You could just for the simple fact that the fan base has already pretty much said he's, you know, and I'll put this in quotes, a snake, a traitor. You know, they've been betrayed, all these different things. You've pretty much burned the bridge. You, the bridges have been burned. There's that's there's no repairing them. I don't think you can do that. I think if a guy, if he, if he went about it in a way that said, let me go through the Euros. Let me go through next season, see how we finish, and we'll go from there. That would have been okay. I think Milan with fans would have been understanding of that that answer because it was it was very conservative. Most play most uh, players say that that type of response when they're under the gun with tar- in terms of contract renewals and transfers and everything like that. It's a very vanilla answer. But when he says, you know, I love the club, I want to stay, I want to be a captain here. I'm at the club of my dreams. This is where I want to be. And then pretty much has a complete 180 reversal in terms of what we've seen. I don't see how you can revisit that. Because, you know, hypothetically speaking, suppose they sign an extension. How will the fan base treat him? Oh, you wanted more money. You wanted this guarantee. You're only in it for yourself. You're not in it for the club. There's Then now, all of a sudden, now it gets now it's getting ugly with a player that's on your team. And you meanwhile, you have this project around that you're trying to get back to where it wants to be in terms of uh, European prominence. It's 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 to me it's done, and I think it's just a matter of what they choose to do with him. This are they gonna sit, put him in the stands as punishment? Which I to me I don't think that's gonna happen. I think that's just just way too harsh in terms of uh, how football works. I think he's gonna get sold. I don't see how you can just keep a player you know that's in this environment after everything that's went down and, and expect to fully prepare yourself for a Champions League run. You know, so or run a Champions League. Excuse me. So. I think it's done. It's just a matter of, does he get sold? <laughs> Some people are saying he gets sent back to the Primavera. I mean, that's not happening. There's no, no. way. <laughs> There's no way. There's just absolutely no way that's going to happen. Can you imagine that? You know, but, but Gattuso gets a hold of him? Come on. Gattuso, you probably, Gattuso's probably the one guy in that camp you want to keep farthest away from Donnarumma at this point. <laughs> so for, yeah, for, Donnarumma, right. for, for Donnarumma's sanity and safety. <laughs> oh, so. Of course. What bothers me about all of this is that, you know, and, and I come back to it, the meeting was Raiola, Fasone, Mirabelli. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to hear Gigio say these things. And I'd like to hear him make a statement and say what's on his mind. I don't want Raiola to be his mouthpiece. Such a potentially important player doesn't need a mouthpiece. He should be able to man up. He, he's 18. That's an age where you can man up. Give a statement. Tell the Milan fans, hey, here's why I haven't renewed. Okay, maybe... It might there might be some there might be something in it and say we need to we need to restructure a couple of things. Right. That's the other part that bothers me is we're not hearing anything from Gigi on this. You know, he's just going about his national team business, which he probably should shouldn't have to be distracted by club stuff. And and Ryle has probably told him that said I'll take care of this. You go worry about playing for the under twenty one. Exactly that, and that's what you know? he does. He lets he again he acts. He's the scapegoat. He takes the 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 punishment. He takes the you know the name calling on social media. He takes all of these things. Because he knows that he he gets paid the big bucks to do those sort of things. He he's really in you know he yes some people might not agree with this, but he he is the best at what he does in the sense that he acts as a full all around full fledged agent for his players. He doesn't let his age his players you know 
talk themselves into situations that could be bad and, you know, say the wrong things and do all these different things. I mean, we haven't heard anything from him. And I think that's the same situation we saw with Paul Pogba. Everyone, mm-hmm. yeah, Paul Pogba was out in Miami on vacation and doing this and doing that. And everyone's like, oh, what's he going to do? He didn't say a word. He, yeah. you know, you know, all these blah, blah, blah things. He did the whole advert with uh, Adidas. Meanwhile, we're all, we're all, you know, waiting for the decision. Mariola's saying he, he's not doing this, you know. Oh, he's going to be doing this, or he's doing that, or I'm, you know, this is that's that's how it works. It's yeah. again, Raiola is is he's he's that one off. He's that that unique agent where he'll take the punishment, he'll take everything because you know that's what he gets paid the big bucks to do by his clients. And I guess that's where I'm disappointed with Donnarumma at this point. I, I'd like to hear it from him. I know that Mirabelli and Fasoni can sit down and and, and give us a little press con- a face to face press conference with their statement. Uh, over a mic instead of just releasing a statement uh, or Raiola can say what he can say. I, I, I want to hear it from the player. I wish the player in this instance would have said something, I, you know, or would say something at least, you know, give that to the Milan fans who have, have praised you, have, you know, have seen you grow in a, you know, very quickly in a very short time. And, and maybe Donovan doesn't feel like he owes the fans that. So but the thing is though, is in a, and again, if I don't want to start to cut you off, but, there's a reason why it's gone on. There's been so many delays with the, the you know, the whole decision and, and everything yeah. like that. There's a reason why, because he, what he could have done was, you know, say, suppose that they made the decision earlier in the week. Everyone would have been saying, well, what's Donnarumma going to say? Is he going to come out and say anything? He, you know, Milan fans deserve a, an explanation and all these different things. He let it, he, he waited, waited and waited. Gigio, go to, go to uh, Poland for the Euros. I'll take care of business back home. That's mm-hmm. exactly what he's doing. There's a reason why they waited this long. And I think that's where you kind of, at the, after the fact, obviously it's, it's difficult to say, before, you know, prior to this decision that you could have seen this coming. But that's where you kind of say, after the fact, the sign, the telling, the, the, the signs were there. Everything was kind of lined right in front of us that he, he probably wasn't going to renew. It was just wishful thinking that he would. Borderline cowardly, though, to hide behind, it, behind an agent, if you ask me. It is, it, is, it is what it is. I mean, and that's, now the Milan fan of me is coming out on this a little bit. I'm trying to be, trying to be somewhat <laughs> objective here. So Milan doesn't get him, or they, they won't renew. My immediate instance when I, when I read all this is said, just, just sell him. I mean, if you get $20 million for him, just sell him. Get something for him rather than to let him walk for free. And I know a Real Madrid is going to say, well, I'm not going to pay $20 million when I know you guys are in a position where he's not going to renew for you. So I'm not giving you $20 million for him when I can just let him, you know, you can play him, you can let him rot, you can do whatever you want. We're scooping him up for free. You know, Milan's in kind of a difficult spot here now with him because we can all sit here and it's easier for us to say sell him. Uh, and get whatever you can for him. But if they sell him, they're they're not going to get what he's worth. I, how how would you handle this? How should Milan move on? Should they sell him? Yeah, you got you got to sell him again. You know, as I just meant, previously mentioned, you know, you can't have a this type of player, this type of situation going on here and being involved in this type of project for next season. I think you got the Europa League. You got a bunch of new players. This would be just a difficult thing for Montella to manage. You know, the media constantly asking, well, Donnarumma, is he going to play? You know, what's going on with this and this and that? I think, of course, the Milan aren't going to get the return they would want on Donnarumma and, you know, the, the return they deserve on him for his abilities. But at the same time, the good news is and the silver lining here is that for Milan's sake, they're at least they're not financially, uh, you know, binded. And what I mean by that, that is, unlike last year where, you know, you, you got really need to get, you got a nickel and dime to get 
the best out of the top players you're going to be selling. With this situation, I think if you can, you know, sell a guy like Donnarumma, let's say, call me it, call it thirty million, right? Thirty million euros to like a Real Madrid, a PSG, whoever, who would want him a year earlier before his contract uh, expires. You can get a, a really good replacement for him, not necessarily someone who's going to be able to live up to the same expectations and do the same things and make all the incredible saves that JGO does, but you can get a guy who is dependable, who knows the league perhaps, you know, maybe like a Neto or a Jose Reña or even like a youngster like Alex Meret who's linked to Napoli. So you have options there. I'm not too worried about the goalkeeping situation. I'm more concerned with handling in and handling the situation in a way that doesn't drag on and really cause conflict and really have any type of effect on what Milan want to do for next season and their goals. That's what I'm concerned with. Neto, 675 minutes with Juventus last season, only conceded two goals. Seven and a half games, only conceded two goals. A little bit to do with those defenders in front of him, but uh, I, I still will take that goalkeeping rate. If I, you know, if Milan can get him for a decent price, uh, you've got Pulizzari there, you know, waiting in the wings. He could be, you know, he could be a possibility. Skorupski's the guy I, I want. I mean, Skorupski's been hinted. Just... He was phenomenal for Empoli despite Empoli's yes. uh, relegation. You know, there are some options. It's certainly not as sexy as Donnarumma. Again, we've we've harped on this. A great Milan doesn't require a great goalkeeper. It hasn't in the mm-hmm. past. It doesn't need to going forward. So, you know, as for Donnarumma, and I'll just answer this real quick. Here's what I think is going to happen. Here's what's next for him. He'll leave, you know, whether he gets sold or whether he leaves for free. He's going to go to a big club. He's going to fail. And then he's going to go play for a provincial club here in Italy. <laughs> you heard it here Listen. first. Listen, listen. I mean, there's, there's, you know, listen, he's such a, he's a fantastic goalkeeper. I'm not going to, you know, use today's decision to, to, you know, to undermine his ability and his, equal, and his qualities. But yeah. He's not a finished product. He's not a finished product. He has plenty of growth, you know, to do as a goalkeeper. Obviously, mm-hmm. we saw a couple times last year where, when you know, obviously Montella demands for his keeper to play with the ball at the back. We saw his, his deficiencies with distribution and footwork and everything like that. Those types of instances and those types of you know weaknesses, if you will, in his game, they will be under a microscope at a club like Real Madrid when you're earning six million euro per year. You make an error. They're not the fans are not going to handle you with kid gloves. They're not going to say, "Oh, he's eighteen; he's a kid." They'll get on you. The fans will get mm-hmm. on you. They've they've jeered at guys like Casillas in the past, and even Ronaldo and Gareth Bale. They'll get on you that when you're when you're making that money and you are so demanding of a big salary and all this attention, you got to understand that now you have to show up. You got to produce. Yep. You got to bring the goods, and that's where. There are some question marks here. Plus, he has a great relationship with um, Milan's goalkeeping coach, which, again, there's several factors that go into his decision and why this is very risky for him, um, which I actually wrote for an article earlier this week for the Gentleman Ultra. So if you guys want to check that out, you guys can go to my account. I'll uh, reshare that as well for you. But, yeah, he still has plenty uh, plenty learning to do, and there's uh, the expectations are pretty high at the moment. You know, maybe the money gets to his head. You never know. But uh, he certainly cannot play the 2017-2018 season for Milan. I can already see the Curva Sud hanging him in effigy. It just uh, it just won't be a pretty sight. So, you know, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of The Globe, our take on the Gianluigi Donnarumma contract situation. Let's just run through a quick social media check. Matthew, you, you alluded to it a little bit earlier. Where can they find you on social media? And uh, we'll give you a uh, we'll give you a little time here to just quick plug some of the things you're working on. Okay, so um, you guys can follow my personal Twitter handle at Matt underscore Santangelo. As for the Milan side, specifically, as you know, you touched on earlier, 
uh, the AC Milan Bros, which you can follow me at AC Milan Bros. I co-manage the account with my brother. We, you know, do, we're doing, we're working on some things, ex- some exciting things in the, uh, in the next couple of weeks that we can't wait to share with you guys. But, um, of course I'm frequently writing things for uh, writing, uh, up some art- some nice articles for you with the gentleman ultra, these football times and, uh, breaking the lines, of course, uh, which is a very good, um, site you definitely all want to follow. So, um, that's where you can follow most of my work, but uh, again, follow me on my personal handle to get an idea of what I'm working on and, uh, what's in the pipeline. Awesome. And, uh, you can find me, first of all, I'm the host of Syria sit down, uh, on world football index. So if you uh, like your calcio, uh, do check out some of the past podcasts. Uh, we entertain, we antagonize, uh, we provide some insightful stuff on what happened in each of the matches and uh, some of the things that are happening to the teams as we go. My Twitter handle is at FTC underscore 21. Uh, and uh, I also blog for World Football Index. It's called The Calcio Consultant. Uh, most recent piece was on postseason awards, picking my own personal team of the season manager of the season and player of the season. I do have an upcoming blog uh, that I am finishing up on a way too early prediction uh, for the 2017-2018 Serie A season. So uh, do look out for that. Matthew, it's been a pleasure. You know, Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me on, guys. Ciao. Yep, and on behalf of everybody at uh, World Football Index, this has been The Globe. Thank you for listening. <laughs>